I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, I take you on a rapid journey of names in Africa and ask a fundamental question: Why do we rename places? In 1840, a Scottish man, David Livingstone, arrived in Africa at the age of 27. as a missionary and physician he spent the rest of his life on the continent and his exploits made him the most famous explorer of the century an encounter with a lion in 1843 cost livingstone the use of his left arm undeterred he continued his exploration of the african interior particularly the zambezi river area in early november 1855 he traveled down the zambezi river to see for himself the area the natives called smoke that thunders approaching the spot in canoes the party could see the columns of spray and hear the thunderous roar of water miles away from the falls david livingstone had just discovered the victoria falls why victoria though david was the first white man to view this majestic wonder of nature and named it after queen victoria what we often don't know is that zimbabweans have always had a name for the falls it's called Mosi Oatunia which means the smoke that thunders but let's pause here for a second fire up google maps on your phone and have a look at the african continent i'm 100% sure that as a child you may have wondered why so many country borders in africa are straight lines this is particularly odd because nowhere else in the world can you see this it happened because in 1884 in a meeting known as the berlin conference the european colonial powers decide to collaborate and split up the continent as per their convenience historically most borders have been drawn on cultural and linguistic lines but when your perception of a continent is its raw materials its slaves and not its culture or its people you get perfectly straight lines as borders hence it should come as no surprise that there was not a single african present at that conference and thus the naming of victoria falls was only a precursor to the horrors of colonialism the african histories are littered with such examples lagos nigeria's commercial city was formerly known as eco until the portuguese arrived and changed it same can be said of johannesburg in south africa rabat in morocco walvis bay in namibia veneba and cape coast in ghana even the west african nation of sierra leone owes its name to portuguese explorer Pedro de Sintra who called it Serra Luia which means lion mountains because he heard lions roaring in the hills surrounding the harbor Cameroon a country that has the complicated legacy of first having been colonized by the Germans and then later partitioned by the French and the British was actually named by a Portuguese explorer in the 15th century coming across the Wauri river one of Cameroon's largest rivers he renamed it Rio dos Cameros or shrimp river because of the abundance of shrimp in it the name stuck and evolved to become the country name the problem isn't limited to the western powers only in mozambique it would be an arab sheik 
whose name would remain with the country. Musa bin Beek ruled the area at the time when the Portuguese arrived and the Portuguese would call this country Mozambique. Sudan would get its name from the Arabic phrase Bilad as Sudan, meaning the land of the blacks. 2020 though has been a watershed year in addressing colonialism. Right from the dismantling of statues in America during the Black Lives Matter movement to calls in Uganda by activists for the removal of monuments to British colonialists and to rename streets commemorating imperial military forces. But closer home in India, where does that leave us? How do we view the renaming of the gorgeous Victoria Terminus station in Mumbai to Chhatrapati Shivaji Terminus? How do we view the renaming of Bombay to Mumbai and Allahabad to Prayagraj? Where do we draw the line between name changes by British colonialists and invading rulers of Central Asia? How far should the renaming of cities go? The rationale for renaming of African countries, cities and streets is to correct the Eurocentric meta-narrative that excluded African histories and identities. And here is where the reasoning behind the renaming takes center stage. Post-independence, most of the places were renamed to get rid of painful memories of the British rule. Even in modern times, irrespective of the governments in power, renaming happens very regularly. In the case of Allahabad, it is important to ask which memory of Allahabad is more relevant. That it actually gave us the largest number of prime ministers in India and was a major nursery of the nationalist movement or its mythical and holy association. In any case, modern Allahabad never forgets its past. Prayag remains a railway station and it will forever be the venue of the Kumbh Melas every few years. The city's Hindu past is indelible regardless of which government is in power. Thus the question, why the need to rename? As we travel the length and breadth of India, we must always take a peek into the modern history of the places we go to. Shakespeare famously wrote in Romeo and Juliet, what's in a name? Apparently, everything. When the state becomes the custodian of our historical memories, it attempts to take on a moral advantage. A moral advantage that allows it to be seen as a rightful claimant to power. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YV Travel 42 on Instagram.